it's heating up in Lithuania and it's cooling down in Australia. Time to release the last book of A Song of Ice and Fire, George. Fortified Niche. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, another episode of Fortified Niche. My name is uh, Martina Jacident Clemens. I am the host and uh, here is my co-host, Casa. Hello. Seasonal greetings and such that are relevant to the area of Westeros. Hey. Uh, yeah, the, as you may gather already, we are, today we are reviewing a, a Song of Ice and Fire miniature game which uh, is a pain in the ass to say and to write, but, uh, like, you know, couldn't call it the Game of Thrones miniature game. The miniature Game of Thrones. There you go. Well, there was a miniature throne in in the uh, tabletop simulator module, but I guess the, 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 I guess the TV show got the rights to the Game of Thrones name, and I don't think... And the, and the designs in the uh, game, I think, uh, are... Well, they're based on the book rather than yeah, the, uh, the TV show. Yeah. But there's a lot of, like, this looks like the guy from the movie type stuff or the show TV show going on, which I understand it, and it makes sense because you want to get that audience as well without having to pay for the license, so... Well, if you want to, like, you know, it's uh, Jamie Lannister, so you probably want a blonde, uh, dashing blonde knight in any case, so there's, like... Only so many ways you can do that, but yeah, the Song of Ice and Fire is is a miniature is a miniature game based on George R. R. Martin's unfinished, uh, woefully unfinished book series, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, and uh, you play battles that did, that there are so many of in the books. Yeah, there's a lot of scenarios. I don't think I could co- think about covering all of them, but there's a neat amount, and they all seem to be relatively different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so talking. To, 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 so, if we're going into the rules, because I don't know who needs an introduction, into a, a more introduction into a song of ice and fire at this point, and hope and uh, hopefully people will realize that this uh, this uh, this game has very little to do with the disastrous season eight. Uh, yeah. So the the rules of the game are I don't know I I I, I should say they're fairly simple for a rank and mm-hmm. flank game. Uh, the, the complexity is really the complexity is very interesting though because it all comes from the unit cards and your abilities, which is the preferred method I guess, rather than nesting rules and confusing interactions. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, I don't even I, I don't even I don't even know if there's a, there are like this basic rule to rule them all that to, to, uh, to that you could say like the, the main selling point. Uh, it's a d6 game. You collect pools of d6. You usually have a target number to roll over, and that's it. That's most of the rolls in the game, except for the morale panic roll, which is two d6 roll over, and then you roll a d3 to to find out how many guys run away from the unit. Um, that's it. That's the basics done. Um, podcast over. The what now? <laughs> podcast over. Nothing more to say. Yeah, po- <laughs> nothing more to say. G- sh- short game. Short game. I mean, the rule book isn't that long. Uh, it's uh, it's free online and it, it's uh, thirty six pages. 
Yeah, it's only it's only thirty six pages. That's without the army list, but it gets like mo- almost all all of the universal rules in there, and also the scenarios and uh, understanding what all the units does. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of the rule simplicity is aided by the fact that the game is that units are uh, moved with trace instead of like you know individual. Uh, individual coherency stuff like it's all in tra- it's all in trace and uh, though uh, though unlike uh, unlike in say kings of war there's individual casualty removal but the individual casualties don't matter unless you destroy a whole rank so we might be ex- yeah. expla- explaining it in a more difficult way than it actually is yeah so you've got three sizes of trays you've got individuals you've got cavalry and you've got some soldiers infantry uh, infantry or archers infantry and yeah. archers come in ranks of tw- uh units of 12 four ranks of three oh three ranks of four dudes cavalry yeah. and two ranks of two although i think there's some dorothy that are like two ranks of one but i'm not up to date on every single model there's a lot of things in this game and so a lot of factions like, yeah wolves or giants or something they're just like one and like, siege engines yeah and siege engines sorry yeah um yeah it's neat like yeah i think it's just Sorry, it's neat. I love how all the rules are all on the cards and stuff too, which is it's something yeah. like most games are doing nowadays. But it's still really, <laughs> I like it a lot. Be like, what does my guy do? Not crack open book and add stats. It's, oh, here's the card for the unit. Here's the card for the commander. I can just hold these in my hand and look at them straight away. Or I can ask to see yours rather than pouring through your three battle tomes and your FAQ book and your campaign guide. And being like, what have you taken? Like. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, everything is uh, outlined on some sort, of, some sort of card or another, and there's like five spe- unit special rules that that aren't explained on the cards or, or something, and so they they're not that hard to look up on the uh, quick reference sheet at the end of the uh, at the end of the PDF. So mm-hmm. it uh, it flows really smoothly. Uh, the game has <coughs> alternating activations. Uh, she calls turns uh, confusingly to me alone yeah uh yeah one activation is a turn and the collection of the turns is called a round which uh well it's not the first time they use uh not the last time they use uh weird terms for games but this is probably the more conf- the most confusing one but it is uh, consistently presented in this game as such it's not alternating between your turn and my turn and the player's turn it is using different yeah. terms for those which i do appreciate even if like I think of the turn as our everything is done inside the turn. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a semantic quibble, and there's no nothing wrong doing it this way. It's just sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. So my turn is like every time I start a dude is like the start of the turn. And that's fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, when a unit is activated, it can perform one of several actions. There aren't too many. Like, Maneuver is uh, you pivot, you move, and then you can pivot again. March is move twice and pivot. Uh, charging is pivoting, then uh, rolling a d6, adding that to your movement value and hoping that you'll hit the enemy tray. An interesting thing is that a failed charge means that you move the full distance and not just stay in place, which means that uh, unlike in some editions of 40k, if you make a risky charge and you fail, you set your... You Potentially set yourself up for a uh, unavoidable enemy charge, which is uh, yeah great. And then say if uh, two enemies, uh, I, I mean two units, bump into each other, the attacking unit uh, 
checks its attack, its weapon value and how many ranks it has because each unit has like an attack value, say three plus, which is a fairly good melee attack value. And then depending, and if it has like four ranks, it rolls seven dice. And if it has two ranks, it will have some other number, some units may fall off more sharply as the, as ranks are gone others uh, have more staying power and that's before you <laughs> yeah and that's before you account for unit special abilities because most units have at least one there's really no no such thing as joe infantryman does nothing exists as a like a cheerleader yeah, no in infinity. <laughs> yeah yeah uh and so that 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 would be the basic but basics, but then there's a lot of random fuckery. Well, not random fuckery involved. Yeah. You uh, each player starts with a twenty card tactic deck, which has uh, the faction tactics mixed in with the tactics of your chosen commander. So uh, command each commander has three unique tactics and two copies of each that goes into the deck, and. Uh, Tactics are fired off depending on triggers. So it, it triggers might be like your unit is attacked, your unit attacks in melee, your unit fails or, or, or succeeds in a panic roll, and uh, you can only and you can only use one tactic per trigger. So you can't really stack them to nonsense, which might which <laughs> I which if I remember correctly was somewhat of an issue in say Saga where you could like. Stack multiple things on a, on a on a multiple abilities on a single activation or something that would be yeah. And I realized like, that when we, when we played our test test our our game and I was like aha I'll play this card make my charge immediate I might play this card to make my charge also great and this card oh they're all the same timing I can't play all of them oh. yeah <laughs> yeah so that, that so that so that's like a good thing and one thing we haven't yet mentioned about uh, fuckery and nonsense is the uh, NCUs, which are non-combat units or yeah, whatever they're, they're called, even without they, they, the game is super interesting. So, yeah, uh, but with them, uh, the developers find a way to to put uh, game uh, Song of Ice and Fire characters who aren't like major combatants or known for their combat prowess on the battlefield yeah. or literally outside the battlefield because. You place them every turn on a uh, special tactics board, which uh, which gives you sp which I which has its own special abilities. Like one that Castle loved using was getting a free movement for a unit, which means that Strike. they can move before Strike. their activation or after their activations because it's free. Uh, I'm personally a big fan of uh, one of a card of uh, uh, of the tactics slot that allows you to. Uh, heal up to three wounds to a unit, which means either yeah. re re uh, returning a like free infantryman to a squad, or say healing or a full uh, horseman to cavalry unit, and it also removes the condition token uh, from a unit. And condition tokens work somewhat like fatigue does in Saga, in that you spend those condition tokens for special effects, usually re-rolling, uh, usually making enemy re-roll successes in the attack, defense, or morale tests. So, yeah, it's neat. Um, the conditions are all relatively... But there's only like a half dozen conditions, so remembering them all isn't super complex or... Yeah. Um, yeah. And then see these problems, it solves the, uh, the Alfred problem of like, I want to play a Batman game, how do I have Alfred in the game? Like, oh, you have Alfred off to the side doing things. Yeah. Uh, if you want to have Varys or Littlefinger or... 
like Krillin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Dragon Ball. Yeah, all, all, all those sorts of like more political types. They stay off the board. They hop on that uh, NCU uh, that NCU tactics board, and they represent all the uh, uh, intrigue and uh, skullduggery that you know the series is uh, very well known for. And it's also one of those things that you can, you know, an NCU unit activates like any other unit. Yeah. So if you're moving, so if you're activating an NCU unit, you don't need to move a combat unit on the battlefield on the same on the same turn. So this can also this can, this is this brings another dilemma to you as a player and to the enemy. Like you know, like oh, I don't want to move my troops out to stretch it to like you know into a position where they can be charged or shot at. But mm. so I can, I'll play an NCU. But on the other hand, maybe there are no slot. There are no good slots left open, or maybe um, oh, there are no slots, and your NCU just can't activate yeah. because there's no room for them anymore. Which is a, an interesting idea. There's, there's five slots, and you can bring three, and I can bring three, and one of us is going to miss out. Yeah, yeah, that's also that's also a thing, and uh, uh, it, it a lot. There's a lot going in the game, but it's not difficult to understand at all. I think I've had some of the least frustration of any game we play. We we tested with with this, uh, even when we were running the first test, because I'm usually very stressed about getting the rules right. Uh, but this is thirty six pages. This is thirty six pages of rule book and everything else is in cards, uh, <laughs> cards cards that we could find in the TTS module and in one of the. Online, free online army builders that are unofficial but have everything on them. Yeah, um, the online builder support is amazing. I'm not quite sure how much is um, supported from the devs, but with the sheer amount of sites that are out there letting you do things, like build things with the AOS, ASOIAF, oh god, what a terrible acronym. Um, yeah. Stats page, we just have like every a Song of Ice and Fire player in the world on there, it seems. In all the tournaments that are going on, so you can see who's won and who's lost, and what lists are like defining the meta. It's, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it it it, it really helps. Uh, I mean, I could open one window where I have my army and the other window where I have Cass's army, so I could check what his units do. So because like you know, I'm not a I'm I'm not a Song of Ice and Fire player. This is literally one of the few titles where it's easier to say the title than the acronym, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so you know, it, 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 there, there, there is elegance and uh, and simplicity in the design, but there's also a lot of depth, especially when you start considering the weirder factions. Like, uh, say you can run, you can run Baratheon forces fairly simply, but then you can, but then you get into Relor worship, and then some units are marked as belonging to Relor, and a lot of their abilities key off of destroying your own of causing wounds for your own unit to buff other units or uh there's a reason why i didn't play the uh vikings i keep forgetting the house name and stuff great there's a reason why i didn't play great joys is that they have a lot of uh, somewhat uh weakly armored infantry and they depend on pillage tokens which are generated by destroying full enemy ranks and i was like mm. nah man that's a bit complex to me. Uh, give me some uh, Baratheon knights that are just slow and well armored. Yeah, uh, it looks like the. Um, so I had a quick jump on the Reddit to see what was the hotness and stuff in the armies. I'm using more building. Oh yeah, but the rules are fine. The rules are great. The rules are simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, the language is really clear and concise, and it's clearly been like 
So we're going off the 2021 release, which seems to be like a rather big update for the system. Just looking at like this year, amount of stuff they talk about it with all the changes they've made and the FAQs they've had to bring in. Yeah, the yeah. System, there's... The game is still really like supported and alive, and that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, not only that the FAQ exists and also a change log exists, there's really a lot of free documentation for the game available on the SOIF website. And the uh, one thing that helped us appreciate the changes is that we were playing on TTS modules that haven't been updated yet. And so, for example, we could see we could, one of the more, I think one of the best changes we could see is that previously charges didn't have pivots before them. You just had to charge from whatever position you were in. Which uh, is, uh, you know, not less than, le- le- yeah, not, not ideal, less than optimal. And now you can pivot before charging, which is well, great. Love it. So you can it, see that the, uh, the devs are, I, th- I think they know what they're doing. Of course, they didn't get into the meta. Maybe there's something really broken in there, but. Oh, there's uh, always some edge case. 10,000 uh, idiots trying to break something. You're going to have a couple of breakage break points. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, it seems like it's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Fairly nice. So, uh, since we're basically since we basically backdoored ourselves into army building, what what was it that you were talking about Reddit and stuff? Oh yeah, so you got the seven factions. You got Stark, Lannister, the Free Folk, Night's Watch, Neutrals, which kind of meant mercenaries for other factions as well. I'm not quite sure. Uh, yeah, they, they Targaryen, they would great choice. Yeah, uh, basically everyone you want from the books are there, and the free units. Which are basically split between Storm Pros, Bloody Mummers, and the um, the Bolton units. Uh, they can be up to like 50 percent of your army. But other than that, army building is uh, fairly simple. You have units, <laughs> and you yeah, have got, you have like, units, you, you have attachments, and you have the NCUs. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, so looking at, I was looking at Reddit to see, like, just jumping at this, I, would, I was curious to see what this kind of game's meta was like. I've watched a bunch of it being played back on um, Gorilla Miniature Gaming back in the day and be like, this game seems okay. Like, I don't have anyone to play it with, so I don't worry about it. Um, yeah, the meta seems cool. There's a couple people who like, oh, you know, Targaryen with three dragons is broken. I'm like, well, yeah, if you're going to bring three dragons, that's going to be a problem for most people. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, uh, yeah. And then I'm building this... You know, relatively simple. You have 40 points or 30 points or 50 points, depending on what your opponents decide upon. Um, and you can spend that many points. Uh, most units seem to be between like five and seven points for a bunch of infantry or archers or, or cavalry. You have like your commanders between like zero to three points. And MCUs seem to top out at five points for the Starks at least, unless I've missed something. And I probably missed a lot, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's basically right there. The- I didn't really notice that there would be like actual trash garbage units in this game, so you could spam them. A lot of infantry is like five, like at least four points and more, and that's before you get into attachments because only one attachment is usually free. That's your army commander, so you know your Jamie Lannisters, Rob Starks, whatever, and the other guys cost uh, cost points and. Attachments in this game work interestingly in that they replace a single soldier in the uh, unit they're attached to. It doesn't do anything bad to the unit and the attachment is the last soldier to be removed uh, when the unit is destroyed. But and they all bring their own ab- they all bring their own abilities. They don't really have stat lines like actual troopers. They 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 make the unit work better or make or boost the units uh, around them or something like that and uh 
Was your uh, was your uh, li- Stark list in the second playtest from Reddit or something? Uh, yeah, I did have a quick jump on the um, website to see what like what the people were making out of like this is starter boxes. So the, the general buy guide seems to be like buy the starter set for faction you like and a hero box and maybe like an extra squad of dudes, whatever ones you like the look of. So yeah, I, I filled an army that was five units, five commanders, and two NCUs. Like I have a lot of things going on. <laughs> And it was too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I think attachments. Uh, I think attachments are a big thing uh, in this game. Like some of them are named. Uh, some of them are like, as we mentioned, named characters. Some of them are generic, like you know, watch guard. And they all change uh, stuff. How stuff works in various interesting ways. And that's fine. That's it. But there's a lot of free ones. Nice. Like there's there's very little reason not to have like a commander. At least looking at Stark, which is a faction of sort of. I know that one. I recognize that name from the first episode. Um, like, yeah, like they've got a bunch of guys who are free um, and you you have to take one of them and one of them has to be your commander. So your commander is on the field stabbing people in the face, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah. The commander version costs more or is cheaper but has less stuff going on because they're busy like looking after the entire army. Solo units are fairly rare, and you are unlikely to be camping in the back line with the commander that's solely there for their like aura abilities or something. Yeah, uh, everyone's yeah, getting in there and punching stuff in the face, and you you're not afraid of losing them because again, they're the last unit to be removed in the game. One interesting thing, I, one interesting fi- thing I found is that enemy attachments exist, which means taking a huh. unit that you'll attach to an enemy unit. And then it will make it shittier. For, uh, that will make their life shittier. Yeah. Um, and most of the um, combat unit upgrades, attachments, sorry, have orders. And orders are pretty interesting because, like, the Sworn Swords captain, when you declare a melee attack, you get to, to re roll any attack dice. And the defender becomes vulnerable. So I declare an attack and I make you weaker just straight away. Yeah, and I make you re roll successful saves. So yeah. I- Unless weakened is the one that makes you attack worse, but oh yeah, weakened is attack <laughs> dice successes have to be rolled. Uh, vulnerable yeah. is saves dice successes have to be rolled. So he does the uh, vulnerable one. And that's a great thing to have. It's like I'm just gonna bam. Now it's easy to kill you. Like oh okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, again, each faction has their own like special things. Like for example, I think. Starks are in the star- Starks are probably in the starter because a few of their units, as far as I was looking at Tukasa's armies, seem to have some abilities that get stronger as you lose ranks. And yeah, since uh, lo- losing dudes left and right is probably something that newbies are going to be doing anyway, so that that, that just makes it better. Uh, uh, f- f- uh, for example, like Barat- like Baratians that I saw by default. They seem to be getting a lot of healing, like a lot of like returning your dudes back into the f- back into the field. Like, if you take Stannis as the true king, he also has an alternate version. I don't remember what that does. Uh, one of his abilities is if your unit succeeds into a, uh, succeeds a morale roll, he they just restore uh, they just restore a dude or a wound, which uh, can bring you back to like having full ranks, which is what happened in our game. And yeah, then it's, you- um, frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, so so like say, vanilla Baratheon armies are kind of slow, but they're well armored and they have a lot of staying power. Uh, uh, and like like I mentioned, others have more more uh, more 
in-depth or more involved stuff like ragers and their pillaging stuff or uh yeah but even like the ncus for stark have um like they have like aria is there she has like some order tokens she can use to make um stark units just better or like more successful passing morale chests from memory getting stuff wrong we're gonna keep getting stuff wrong and you know what you should email us and increase our engagement on twitter as well about things that would be great <laughs> yes if we're getting stuff wrong uh, post at us on twitter uh, mm-hmm. quote 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 tweet us to tell us how we're wrong uh mm-hmm. ring that bell to subscribe uh, to subscribe in spite but yeah uh <coughs> army building is fairly simple and um really nice i guess and and it's and it I, and it can be easy like you don't have to overwork yourself to get like all the synergies right and stuff there's because yeah. all units will do all units will do most of stuff uh i easily managed to build an army that that didn't rely on like real lore, real lore units and stuff. Yeah, um, I'm sure that there is like a bunch of high level stuff that we haven't seen or haven't encountered. But yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like the factions are relatively balanced in that if you're equal skill level, that's going to be a lot more relevant than having like the meta defining wombo combo. Because um, I'm sure yeah, that- it's, it's generally one. But. Yeah, I don't know how many like actual trash units exist in the game. Uh, maybe the wildling infantry is a bit harder to play with, but they're also the faction that brings in giants, war mammoths, and other nonsense. So, like you know, maybe that, maybe that, that, that maybe that helps. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He made him. Yeah, but like that's the problem is like the free folk have like all their guys just walk on from the side, and it's like um, outflanking rules and stuff. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just neat. It's like playing carnival. Like I've got. 30 points here's my deck of cards to sort of put through and play through what i run what do i want to run today yeah um i'm i i'm going i'm going to say that it is kind of similar i guess in carnival in rule efficiency and rule elegance though i didn't get the the, quite the same feeling but hey it's like 36 pages of rules it's so easy to get into and the other the other weird thing is that they call scenarios uh, game modes which is like sure okay okay <laughs> chief i mean the scenarios are some can can be somewhat wildly different from one another but they're usually around capturing points on the map and stuff so uh and the maps are small uh, and the maps are smaller I, I i i don't remember what's the what the base size is but it's not six by four it looks so like four by four. <laughs> yeah so you get into combat faster uh, there's there might not be too much room to maneuver, but there's not, but no twenty-eight millimeter rank and flank game really has room to maneuver, anyways. You can uh, move through friendlies. You can like charge through friendlies. Um, yeah. Not charge. You can walk through friendlies. Like that's fine. Like you start ten inches up. You've got some room to maneuver and skirmish and like archers, archery, and, uh, and cavalry. Cavalry. And uh, if we understand the rules right, cavalry get a free move before their action. So, like you know, even if you say look at cavalry and say like, "God damn it, four four inches of movement." That's not a lot, but that's before they go into marching, maneuvering, and other stuff with their free maneuver move. So yeah, there's there there's there's good stuff, and it's easy to build an army. Uh, is it cheap to build an army? Talking about excuses to buy miniatures. Well. Uh, <coughs> Depends. As we, as we found out, uh, it's about thirty-five dollar dues per box of dudes, which brings you a 
unit. Uh, but the starter kits, the starter sets are great value, bank per buck. Uh, I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember how much they cost they exactly. Were 100? But yeah, that was another hundred bucks. The hundred normal bucks or antipodian bucks? Do my best, man. <laughs> um, uh, sixty-five dollars Australian for a box of dudes. So it wouldn't be $100 for a starter set. Looking at the SVD website, looking at the SVD website, it's $100 for the uh, Targaryen starter set. Yep, which is USD. Horseman, which I don't like. I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, other stuff. Okay, I, I checked the Baratheon starter last time, and yep, that's like 100 That's $100 for which you get uh, two units of Baratheon Wardens, that's infantry. And one unit of each of Baratheon Sentinels and Stag Knights, which is like around 40 miniatures, could be more. It also includes uh, unit attachments and NCUs and uh, heroic and heroic characters. So like probably f 50 to 60 miniatures in total, and that builds, if I remember correct, if I remember correctly, a 32-point army before you start attaching stuff to units. That's just infantry. So like you know, you're already getting like at least 20, 30 bucks of value from getting a starter and considering that as far as we noticed no units are really trash and useless again meta might be different uh it it's 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 not bad it could be i mean i I'd, I'd, I'd love it if it was cheaper and stuff but like there's limits to that i'm like honestly 100 bucks for 50 guys isn't terrible value no matter how you really slice it i'm start talking like tiny historical games with the six more guys but um yeah i think yeah. it's easier if you get it like if you buy a starter you can buy a hero box and then an early unit box and that's not going to run you much more than 200 um yankee stands so yeah and, and like i said it's already 32 points before you start adding heroes so like you know at least for the baratheon starter uh, so you can definitely easily expand into a uh, like you know a forty points army if you want that, or you can go the other route. And remember that there's really nothing. There's there aren't really iconic standout units in A Song of Ice and Fire, and you can just buy Paris, I don't know, and just color them in the faction colors and play with them. Uh, I don't know if they allow that in the tournament. On these, these cutouts, someone will make you pay for that. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't the, the tournaments might not allow proxies and stuff because you know, have to get the money somehow, but yeah, if you play it with with, with historical units that look close to the, close to that. Um So yeah, that's that's collected that's uh, that's basically that for collecting. Uh for painting 40 miniatures for an army, yeah, it will take you some time, I guess. So the price isn't that that it's just hurts the first time for example i'm not a big fan of spending more than 60 euros per month on miniatures and that's on the <laughs> extreme on the extreme end of the month and stuff so that's uh, so uh you like, what your budget is and what you can go for if you're coming at this from like a 40k well perspective like 100 bucks for an army is nothing like that's yeah yeah barely more than a combat patrol <laughs> so yeah no uh um, this value oh my god if you if you the game is expensive if you compare it to Infinity and cheap if you compare it to 40k. Yeah, I think it's fair. Like it's a, it's a decent middle ground. Like it's not. Sorry, there's no real incentive. It seems to have everything either except for 
collective fever and, you know, make a pile of unpainted plastic go up. And also, the, speaking of the models, it's kind of strange. Not strange. There's lots of the same pose per box. You get, like, four different guys in a unit of 12. Yeah. So, like, and that's fine. Like, that used to be how, like, the 40k, the fantasy guys would come and get, like, you know, there's so many ways to praise the Bretonian. Like, you just have to be have to accept that. That's fine. But it's still weird to see, like, solo, monopose, one-piece dudes in a box and just pop them out of the blister. Like, well, okay, I guess that's that. I mean, it's probably better than Games Workshop, where you also have, like, three or five poses these days per unit. Once mm-hmm. the, Since they stopped doing that, like, you know, pose, pose the Marine however you want thing. And uh, if they if they come in in the in the single pieces, if you say like if they're a single casting, so uh, at least it the uh, takes out the annoying uh, like you know assembly of the unit from from the equation. Yeah, I watched some unboxings. It looks like the, all the boxes come with the full pack of dudes that you need for the army, and then like maybe a bannerman or a um, hero type, which is cool. Yeah, like you get your fancy sergeant straight away, and you've got like this base codem. Three colors, done. Yeah, yeah, like one of the uh, Baratheon Warden units, I think, comes with a with a Master Warden, which is a, an attachment, and a Bannerman, which is, I guess he can just take a... I, I, I don't think I saw it. I saw it be a unit, so it might just be uh, there to make the unit more special. Like, you have a, one guy with the flag, so that, that that's just nice. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's fine. Like, sometimes things can just be like that. The other thought I was having was, like... Sorry. The other thought I was having was, if you have all these units, and they all look kind of the same, because they're all sort of covering for that generic period in pre-modern or pre-medieval, or post-medieval, pre-whatever comes after the medieval yeah. period of the Renaissance, you could just put the card next to the guys instead of that, and who's going to tell? I'm not going to be able to tell. I don't know shit. <laughs> yep, yep. I, know I mean, sure, that sure, you have Baratheon Reloaders faithful with their like flaming swords and stuff, but still, mm-hmm. most of the time, like nobody can say nobody can stay anything, especially if if you paint your army in the sing- in the same color. Like if yeah. they're if they're gray, they're Starks. If they're black, they're Night Watch. If they're yellow, they're Baratheon. Like it's kind of somewhat of an infinity thing going here. <laughs> Yeah, your swan swords look like your your, sh- your swan shields look like your great axes look like your everything else because it's just the way they are, and that's not a critique or a criticism. It's just yeah, like yeah. You know, put the car next to the guy you like if you like the way the swan shields look. So, swan swords look compared to the swan shields. Plus, there are that. there there are some genuine like unique unit designs like. Uh, Baratheons really love putting antlers on their helmets, which is tactically terrible in real life, but, you know, uh, we're not dealing with real life here. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, I guess it's it's fairly easy to collect as long as you have the money, and then um, I guess, I guess uh, you can slap chop an army in a fairly quick succession if, you, if that goes well for you, just have like three or four color. Yeah, just prime the, the main color and go from there. That's what I always used to do. Yeah. Um, but, but otherwise, like, it looks, it looks fine. Like, this, yeah. the poses are nice, the sculpts are decent, um, the quality's up there. Yeah, and I think, I think they, I, I, I doubt that the factions all have, like, the same amount of units released for them, but it doesn't seem like the developers are, like, 
forgetting some of the factions in favor of others, as it happens in some of the bigger, worse games. It doesn't seem overwhelming. Like, there's a lot, a lot of Starks, and there's a lot of Lannisters. But yeah, it, yeah. like, it doesn't seem to be an overwhelming amount of Starks compared to, like, Baratheons. Though I will complain that I think the only unit of archers that the Baratheons have are the Relor Lightbringers, which, while don't rely... Which... Why they don't rely on the Rilar keyword still aren't like your basic dingus archers. Like, you wish they had them, like just dudes with bows uh, with, 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 with nothing special about their religious affiliation or anything. But like, hey, whatever, what we can. Though I guess Renly, Renly's uh, Baratheons have have regular archers or something because like, hey. As a special snowflake thing, but the Baratheon forces are split between Renly loyalists and between Stannis loyalists, and some units can go into one army but not the other, which is an interesting take, but you know, true to the books. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I don't know if the stocks get archers. Strange they didn't. Oh yeah, Bowman. Yep. Yeah, they're all right. Oh, they're pretty good. Well, one thing this game does to ensure that there's really no Bowman supremacy is that uh, ranged units can shoot at most twelve inches, and that's uh, that's not too much. That's not much more than charge range. Yeah. So, yeah, like a lucky charge or a generic cavalry charge gets you there. Which is, it's fun. Like, you don't have to worry about the enemy just, like, shift, shoot you, shift, shoot you, shift, shoot you for the whole time. Because they've got to come to you at some point and try and claim the objective back from you. Or yeah, yeah. And also, like, <laughs> as long as one guy of the rank remains, you haven't lost the rank. So, like, you know, archers can, like, pepper a few guys off, but, like, you haven't lost efficiency and stuff. Uh, and remember, it doesn't change math because math doesn't change unless the unit ranks change. And then you still don't have to count how many dice you have to roll because it's written on the unit card, which is great. Love to see it. More of this, please. It leaves your brain space free for more exciting choices and options and thoughts about the game. Like, how do I flank you? How do I get around you? How do I um, get the cards that want in my hand so I can play them and make you take morale tests and run off the board rather than like, all right. You're an archer, you're next to a picket, but I'm charging from downhill on a Wednesday in St. Swithin's weekend, so I get something. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're st we've already started cannibalizing another part of the show, which is the compliment sandwich. And <laughs> uh, since I am the host, I'm going to start, and I'm going to say one th uh, that the thing I like about this game is that the rules are short, sweet, and simple. There's basically no terrain rules except for the uh, terrain pieces. The, like, for example, I'm trying to design my own game and I'm thinking about like, well, what do I do about units entering terrain? Like, how do I mess with it and stuff? And it's 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 annoying. I hate to have, having to think about it, but I have to. And this game says like, now nah, we don't care. Uh, fields, uh, marshes, like whatever. Unless it's a bespoke terrain piece that exists with its own two or three special rules attached, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. So there's simplicity in the rules. It does rank and flank mostly, mostly well, uh, and I like that. I I like it when the when you can see that the uh, devs know what they're doing. You see, you, you when you can when you see like <sighs> elegance in in, in rulemaking. 
Yeah, it's just it's just nice to see that there's been so much consideration consideration thought put into presenting them in such a simple and easy to grasp way for just letting the complexity come from the way you choose to interact with the rules rather than um, player expertise or player knowledge. Um, yeah, like yeah, it's just neat. It's great. Good. <laughs> Great, now you have to come up with your own compliment. Never! Uh, I refuse to think for myself, um, and that's why I'm the co-host. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think the other thing I like about it is that the train's great. Um, it's just... just da, 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 da. The other thing that I like, that I also like, is how easy to read all the cards are. Like, the graphic design is pretty pretty good overall for the, for the cards in the games. Like, there's no point where I'm like... Why have you got black text on shadows? Why does why am I struggling to read this? Everything is very consistent and thought out, and I'm sure it's like the game. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know much about the, like what it does if it works for colorblind people. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I saw a green somewhere, so it probably doesn't. But uh, for the other folks, I think it would works well, and the cards really look nice and have basically everything you need on them. Uh, but if I have to complain about something, there was one, uns- I guess my seriousest complaint is I don't like that panic and morale rolls result in like sympathy deaths, like in, like in Warhammer Age of Sigmar and stuff. Like I think that when units panic, uh, when units, units panic and they break, they should be like, you know, thinking about running away and mass. You don't usually leave your buddies behind. And that's when, and that's when pet units panic. They route, and that's where most of the casualties in medieval type combats happen. Granted, maybe that's like you know that maybe the devs couldn't find a way to make it uh, to make it fun enough, uh, like routing, especially when you don't have that many units on the field. So like if you have four units and one of them routes, now you have three units and one of them being being like dicks. Uh, yeah. So that's like the most. Is, serious this aesthetic mouthfeel complaint i have like the other thing was like i might not enjoy i i might not enjoy the whole ability and tactics thing as it feels like more gamey and less like real fighty but that's just that's like come on i've i've said good i have said plenty of good things about saga (laughs) i have no right to say anything about this game so yeah basically i don't like sympathy deaths as morale mechanic that's it yeah, then having come off Baron Tor relatively recently with its many different types of morale effects, it's um, an interesting omission. But I guess it's not what they're interested in covering. Um, yeah, what did I like about the game? I don't know the game seems like it's fine. It's okay. Like that's my, well, my complaint about it is nothing about it super grabs me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think you said multiple times that you don't just don't you are not there for rank and flank. Mm. It hasn't changed my mind, and that's like what I hold against it. Because how dare it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so if I had to make another compliment, uh, and it's not about simplicity, I guess. Uh, I like that you have so many options eventually, because it's not just like you know collecting lun- collecting units. It's also taking those unit attachments and DNCUs and then there's a lot of none of the moving parts are 
none of the moving parts are hard by themselves, but you can get really a lot of them to play with, and then you can shape your army around it, and uh, that's good. That's nice. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, to counter your negative, I quite like the tactics decks. I quite like the ability to like, play, like, to do something that represents my commander's ability to command the faction, or have like sudden Swiss shifts in terms of fate. Um, and have a bit of control of that, like, aha, you've rolled two ones. Now that means we get to draw from the random pile and the trees become alive. Like, no, I've, I've played the tree, the card that makes the trees come alive and punch you. So deal with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, in importance, the the whole tactics and the NCU tactics thing like pales in comparison to my distaste for more, 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 more morale rules. So, uh, with uh, with that out of the way, would we play this game? I'll go first, and I will say resounding, probably not. Just because, I mean, it's, it'd be an incredibly cheap game to play, because you can play it for fantastic tabletop simulator modules, or you can just get out your MDF or your paper sheets and just use those instead. Um, but yeah, just like it's probably the one rank and flank game I would play, but it's just not enough going on to really be like, yeah, yeah, like, eh, something sucked me. That's what I want to be. I want to be excited nowadays. Yeah, the thing is, I, prob I probably wouldn't collect it, because, but I don't know how much of a real You don't collect anything, to... though. <laughs> well, you know, in, I, I have Infinity and stuff, uh, but I... Uh, if if a, if a friend had an army and said like come on let's play it I'd play it because I think it's it's simple enough and stuff I may I I don't have the innate desire to play games in a song of ice and fire I am a fan of, of of the books but like I don't have the like like ooh I want to get in there and get stuck in with the boys uh, yeah let's replay the battle of the wagon train this time I'll show you how it actually would have would have turned out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, and I guess it's it's the same thing as with you. I played, but it, it's not it's not it's not exciting. It's not grabbing me. It's good, mm. but it might not exactly be my cup of tea. Yeah, it's, if you if you told me this was like a game you love taking tournaments and playing, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. That would probably be dope to have a bunch of people who enjoyed this as much as you do. And wanted to yeah. get hard into like the competitive side of it. Like, there's, I can see that being really exciting if this is like something you enjoy doing. But I, just, no. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's not one of those games where someone say they like it and you're like, really? Why? Yeah. yeah it's it's sure? like no, no question. I understand completely why you yeah. like it. The, the game's good. The legend, the, the miniatures are solid. The TTS module, chef kiss. Yeah. Uh, we, it took it took us some time to hunt it down. But whichever the guy bludged it all together because I think he took parts from another module that we used for the first playtest that's no longer like supported by the guy. It's amazing with how many things are automated and done for you and scripted from the unit from all sorts of unit tray, uh, like you know utilities which make it probably Dice easier. tray alone. <laughs> yeah, pr probably easier and more like you know convenient than to play it live 
to dice tree, which is like, hey, select amount of dice and uh, what's your target number, and then reroll successes or failures, and we'll also mm. tell you how many successes or failures you have. It's it's it's. It's it's great. It's a fantastic module. It even set up the board for you if when you choose the scenario. It's like, change ah! the sides. If you want to change sides, you have to like you know pick up all your stuff and drag it over there. Yeah, it flips the it flips the it flips the table once you like you know the, the select deployment zone, which is something I'd probably love in inf- in the infinity module. Yeah, uh, and with the sheer scale of um scanned three D scan miniatures with that cool um cutout system they do. I'm not quite sure what it's called. Sorry. Um, photogrammetry or something. You yeah. take the 3D model and you can turn to a 3D, like actual, take an actual model and turn it into a 3D model on the table in TTS. It's all painted yeah. and stuff. Like that, that surely is Simon supporting them in some way because that's how the TTS guys got all their 3D models up there. Um, because the paint job is so consistent on all of them, it doesn't look like a community product to get them all together. Yeah, yeah. Simon like has been like, here are the photos. Yeah, the intent of the TTS module is that you'll play with the 3D scanned miniatures, but there's also just a button to switch to standees if your computer can't can't handle the 3D models, and it's great. I, I there's so much work put into that module. Mm. My God, I'm pro- I if I don't like, forget, I, if I don't forget, I'll probably include the link in show description. Yeah, and frankly, the standee version of it, I kind of, I kind of prefer the standee version because this sort of like. It made the game that much more accessible, and you can just like, flick the dudes off and not feel as bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if if a standee version of the miniature game existed in, in real life as well. Just make it. How hard can it be to make it? Yeah, yeah, that 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 is true. That is true. So uh, that was our review of the A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, t- the tabletop simulator module, and the associated game. <laughs> Um, we'll get these down in 30 minutes soon, guys, we promise. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, no more hour plus stuff. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sorry, like the review always. Is just, the game is good. Just play the good game. If you want to, like, this sounds cool to you. Um, there's not much yeah, more yeah. to say in depth-wise other than, like, yeah, there's a lot of depth here, but we're not going to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, the game, the game is good. Uh, you should play it, and you should feel good if you're already playing it. Uh and if you're already playing it, thanks for listening to our podcast. I don't know what it does for you, but uh, thanks. <laughs> Feel yourself aggrandized and... Validated. Uh, yeah, validated for making good choices. Yeah. Good gaming choices. And also uh, share this to your friends. Uh, we don't really... Prob- we probably don't have a re- uh, bell button you could press for, like, you know, to subscribe to us. But, like, you know, <laughs> share wildly and widely. So yeah, like always, uh, this has been, I have been your host, uh, JC Dent, and uh, this has been Casa, and uh, uh, we're signing off after another successful episode of reviewing a good tabletop miniature game. Bye. Bye.